Take your Bibles this morning as we move along in the book of Joshua. Prepared to conquer. I was looking back, I believe we are on week 15 in the book of Joshua. And now here we are just reaching the 7th chapter. So I pray that this has been a help not only in the season of life, but in what we're facing every day, right? The Word is living, it is alive. Boy, we surrender ourselves to it. Boy, victory is just around the corner. We're going to pick up this morning in chapter number 6. We're going to read the the tail end of chapter number 6, and then we're going to go into chapter number 7. And if I trip over these bags, we'll all have a good laugh, but we will keep going, all right? And tonight, if you'll be back tonight, we will have special prayer over these bags. How many of you think it's important that before these bags go out, we pray over them? Will the Holy, Holy Ghost of God fill that bag? And as they pull stuff out of that bag, they just feel the love of God. Amen? And know that somebody loves them. Listen, Joshua chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 26. We'll read through verse 9 of chapter 7. I mean, you have chapter 7. Hero to zero is what this is titled. Hero to zero. Welcome to Sunday morning. All right? I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged. There's certain things that will cause us to fall to zero. Amen? Here we go. Chapter 6, verse 26. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Isn't that great? Boy, we've all been there a little bit, haven't we? Sure we have. But notice what we got. But, <laughs> man, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of uh, Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither the, of the people about three thousand men, and they fled, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men. For they chased them from before the gate even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the even tide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan 
to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwell on the other side, Jordan! Exclamation point. He's all matter. Verse 8, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? Exclamation point. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And here's where we are. Here's where we are. Listen, I don't know what you're battling today. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I do know this. Sin is a deadly game. Preacher, is that where we're going today? Yes. Why? Because we need help. We need help. God forbid us ever come in this place and to think we have arrived. To think that we are so righteous that we no longer need the leadership of the Lord, but that we can handle it on our own. God help us today to see our need for God. It's a great one. Do we all realize that today? I want to ask you this before I pray. Is every heart and mind clear and ready to receive the word? Are we ready? If not, as I pray, you pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. God, I thank you for your people. And God, I come before you now, and God, I give you praise. God, I give you thanks for what has already taken place today. God, how you have moved in a mighty way. God, I thank you, Lord. God, you know the need of everyone, everybody. God, you know the need of those online. God, you know our need. You created us. And so, God, I pray now you do in us what needs to be done. God, conviction take place. God, not judgment or condemnation, but God, Holy Ghost, conviction, God. God, that we would know the direction for our lives. And God, not question you, but God, trust you, God. God, let us learn these lessons on sin. God, thank you for your word that we would even know this. God, they're experiencing it, God. God, in that way, for that first time. But God, what an example for the believers. God, that you love us. God, that sin is against you. And God, you desire to reconcile us back to you. God, I praise you. Thank you, God, that you want to reconcile us back to you. I love you, Lord. God, we give you thanks for what you're going to do. Our hearts are open, God. Speak to us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to remind you about where we were last week, because we got to know where we were at to realize where we're at and where we're going. Amen? You'll remember the walls of Jericho fell. The people were obedient to God. Everything worked according to God's will, God's way. Boys, the trumpet blew and the, the great shout took place. And realize this, if you didn't catch it last week, that great shout is a great shout of faith. Trusting God. When all you can do is shout and all you can do is grumble and mumble. I don't mean grumble now, I don't mean like negative. But I mean, I'm talking about you can't get anything out. What a great place to be before God. God can actually do something and use you. So it was a great shout of faith, but the walls of Jericho fell. Not only fell, but they fell down flat. They went in, they did as they were supposed to do, or most did what they were supposed to do. 
and God blessed. And God blessed. And how many times do you know, though, that sin has a cost? We're getting to the point of sin. Joshua, after the battle at Jericho, he is on top of the world. He is on top of the world. How many of you like to be on top of the world? Huh? You know who you are. Top of the world. We all love to be on top. We all love to, boy, see things going great, right? But how many of you know sin knows how to ruin what God wants to do? What do you mean? There he, there he is. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Boy, everybody was talking about what happened and what went down at Jericho. Boy, what a testimony of who God is that's ringing out. But we see those words in verse 1 of chapter 7. Really clear, capitalized, B-U-T. Now see, if there had been a reversal, this would have been awesome. But it's not a reversal. There he is on top. There they are. They've won the battle. But, B-U-T. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan... Achan, and I want you to notice here, and we're going to walk through the, well, what sin will do to you, what sin will show you, and where sin will take you. How many of you know? We need to know that today. We need to be reminded of it today. Yes, it may not be positive, but if we'll take what God gives us, if we'll take the conviction that God gives us and do something with it, God will help us. God will help us. Notice this in the text. But, but, all caps, what a drastic change in direction. That's exactly what this signifies. A direct change in direction. One day, one day, thank God, there won't be any more buts. Y'all realize that? There's a but here because there's been a trespass. What does that mean there's been a trespass? There has been sin committed. There will be a day I will no longer have to worry about sin. There will be a day you'll never have to hear about sin anymore. There will be a day I won't have to worry about temptation anymore. I'll be able to roam the streets of gold. I'll be able to be at the feet of Jesus. I'll have that window, Trish. I'll be able to look out that window. Praise God, I'll be able to give Him praise. Every moment of every day in glory. Y'all do realize it is going to come to an end. But we're not there yet. But we're not there yet. We're still here, aren't we? In a sin-sick, cursed world. And the reality is we need help on how to live. We need help how to identify. And then we need to help what to do about it when we get there. Amen? God help us today. Here they are, the children of Israel committing a trespass, the accursed thing. And let me remind you, because some people would say, judgment is so harsh with God. Listen to me, it's not harsh with God, because God is clear on what His expectations are. If we don't know God's expectations, that's not God's fault, that's our fault. You have a Bible before you. Does everybody got their Bible? Lift your Bible up. You're, just thank God for your Word. For His Word. Thank God we've got the Word. We ain't got to wonder. We've got to wonder what God thinks and what God says. He's given it to us. If you don't know it, why don't you know it? You've got to get in it. 
You've got to get in it. But notice here, they were warned, chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. I'm telling you this because it's important that we understand God gives us everything He expects. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the, what? The accursed thing. Lest ye make yourselves accursed, right? There it is. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of what? The camp of what? Israel a curse and trouble it. Sometimes we don't need to wonder why we've got a mess going on in our home because there's a mess going on in our heart. I say that because I love you. You, you gotta, hey, are you dealing with chaos? It might be just because you're allowing chaos. And can I tell you this? Crazy can be sin. Crazy can be sin. Notice this. Notice this. The sin's been committed. The anger of the Lord has been kindled. The spies have been sent. The report has been given. They enter the battle and about 3,000 of the army go into battle. And 36 die. And you might say, what's 36 in a battle? You know you're always going to lose people in a battle. Let me be very clear. If you do a little bit of Bible study, you'll find out that the only time that Israel, under Joshua's leadership, lost anybody in battle, it was the battle at Ai. I want you to remember that because we're going to need that when we get further in. All right? The only time Israel lost anybody in battle under Joshua was when they were at the battle of Ai. The battle of Ai. Can I tell you, God's presence means something. Oh, sure it does. What do you mean? That's the whole reason why. There, God's presence is absent. God's presence is absent in this situation. Notice, and not only did 36 die, but the hearts of the people melted, became as water. Became as water. Why? Because now there is sin in the camp. Because there is sin in the camp. You say, preacher, I am stronger than that. I can handle, let me tell you something. We're going to go over the principles piece by piece. I got so many points, I don't know when we'll finish. But listen to me, we need every single one of them. We do, we need them, folks. You need them today. Notice this. Notice this. There's sin, there's disobedience, and any time there's that, the presence of God is not there. So now, let's look at the effects of sin in the battle. Number one, sin breaks our fellowship with God. Number one, sin breaks our fellowship with God. You cannot live in a place of sin and also live in a place of serving God. Not in God's will, you can't. You can try in your own power, but you go alone. Listen to me. Many have not felt the presence of God. And salvation is more than a feeling, but you know when God's moving and stirring in you. You know when you get alone with God and He's working in you. You know that. You know that. And you know that when you try to, to be in fellowship with God, you know whether or not there's sin in your heart. You know that. It's revealed. But notice in the battle, his presence was not there. I would notice, you go down to verse number 2. And Joshua sent men. Now we know they've done the accursed thing. 
We know that there is sin in the camp. Verse 2, though, and Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Listen to me. Joshua did not know that sin had been committed. He did not know that sin had been committed. But look at the difference already in the battle of Ai and the battle of Jericho. Before he ever goes, before they ever go in the battle, when it was Jericho, guess who got along with the Lord? Joshua did. Joshua did. Notice here, between verse 1 and verse 2, there is no leadership of the Lord. It's not there. You can read it over and over and over again. The leadership of the Lord is not there. What am I saying? Sin breaks our fellowship and God will no longer be leading you. Now, does that mean, preacher, I'm going to lose my salvation and be damned to hell? No, once saved is always saved when you're truly saved. But i got to tell you today, many people, just because they're saved and they know it's secure, they'll live in sin and play the game. They'll hold on to sin with this hand, and they'll try to serve and live for God in this hand, and it never works out. Why? Because His presence is not leading you. The fellowship is broken. The fellowship is broken. Many will say, I never got anything from this passage of Scripture. Preacher, I've read it and read it and read it. There's nothing there for me. I would tell you this, you may not be right with God if you cannot understand it. Or at least get something out of it. Sin breaks our fellowship with God. Number two. Sin leads to bad counsel and bad decisions. You mark it, I don't care if you're here and you're 10 years old or you're here and you're 90 years old. This applies to everyone in the house of God today. Sin leads to bad counsel and bad decisions. What do you mean, preacher? Well, let's read the text. What does the text say? Verse 2, And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people labor thither, for they are but few. So there, so they, there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men and they fled before the men of Ai. I want you to listen to what is being reported back to Joshua. Do you remember the report that was received back about Jericho? Oh, do you, do you remember what they said? The Lord has placed them in our hand. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the report that they came by. Surely the Lord has given us this land. Huh? Where's the talk of that here? There is no talk of God. There's no talk of God giving you the victory. And how many times in our own life this applies to us? That's an effect of sin. We no longer look for the hand of God to lead us, but we also no, no longer look for the hand of God to bring us victory. Your expectation changes with the Lord. Do you hear me? Some of you today, you're to question. Listen, I, everybody ought to examine their hearts. Your expectations changes on what? Listen, and the one who's left out, God Almighty. God Almighty is left out. 
Sin leads to bad counsel and bad decisions. These men had not anything godly on their mind. Nothing came back godly in their heart. And certainly not off their lips. God is left out of the report. And what is the effect of sin? We leave God out of our daily lives. God is left out. He's a second, third, fourth, fifth thought, if at a thought at all. He's quiet in here today. Number three. Sin causes us to be more concerned about the flesh than faith. Sin causes us to be more concerned about the flesh than our faith. Notice. Notice what they're concerned and consumed about. God has already been left out of the planning. God's already been left out of the council and the decisions. Then notice verse 3. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor. To labor. What are they? They're not, listen, they're not looking for God to give them strength. That's out the window. <laughs> They're not looking for God to give them strength. What are they looking for? Joshua, just don't let it be too heavy on them. Now, am I saying it was an easy feat? Absolutely not. When you look at the, uh, the sea level, the feet difference. A lot of people don't know this, but the place from Gilgal where the camp was to, the, uh, to Ai, it was about a 15-mile stretch. And the elevation was about 2,500 feet. So in 15 miles, they would have to go up 2,500 feet. I don't know about you, but you're going to have to what? You're going to have to climb. You're going to have to climb. But what do we see here? And listen to me, I'm not, I'm not saying that this Christian life is going to be easy. Please understand me. It is not going to be easy. There's going to be trial. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be situations you're going to have to battle. And listen, even when God tells you His will and tells you what to do and tells you He's giving you everything to do it with, it's still going to be tough. Sometimes it's still going to be what? Uphill. Uphill. But notice, notice what happens when sin comes in for the child of God. No longer are you looking to God for the courage, looking to God for the strength. Boy, their heart has already changed to Joshua. Don't make it too hard on them. Don't labor them too much. Folks, we have to be so careful. We've got to be so careful. We want the easy way out of things. Huh? We want the easy way out of things. We just want it to happen. Listen, I want everything God wants to happen. But how many of you know there has to be laborers? we got to go. Listen, God can tell us it's ours. God can tell us He's given it to us. But if we do not labor and go get it, we will not have it. We will not have it. And sin so many times, so many times takes our eyes off of the labor. And God giving us the strength to, hey, make it through the labor. 
that we get concerned about this old flesh. Let's be honest today. Can we just be honest today? I don't think that the church, and I'm talking about the church of God. I'm talking about the church all around this world. I do not believe the church is overworked. We're suffering from a lot of things, but it ain't being overworked. And I'll be honest with you, there is all this talk today of burnout and all these things. We ain't close to burnout. Let's just be honest. God help us not to labor in vain, but not labor in sin. Not to labor in sin. Sin causes us to be more concerned about the flesh than our faith. How many... How many people did he send in the army to go around Jericho? Was it a few? He just said it. All. And he does use the word all. A-L-L. So let me ask you this. If you're not involved in the work of the Lord, why not? Why not? Preacher, what has that got to do with sin? Is it sin that's stopping you? Hey, just a thought. You take it. Number four. Sin will drive you to fear. Sin will drive you to fear. What did the Lord tell Joshua? I will make you strong and what? Courageous. Huh? Strong and courageous. Sin enters the camp. I mean, when I, when I go back over this and every time I read this, it, it just comes on my heart time and time and time again. Is this really the children of Israel? Is this really the people of God? Verse 4, so they went up thither, of the people about 3,000 men and the response of the children of God and they fled before the men of Ai. When sin enters, get this what? There is no courage. There is no strength. Sin brings weakness in your life. You may think you're strong. Listen to me. You may think you're strong and for a moment you may be. But that day's coming. That day is coming. Judgment falls. And guess what? You don't pass the test. You don't pass the test. It will drive you to fear. Notice, they became cowards. Cowards. The hand of God removed. No longer strong. No no longer courageous. When you listen to this, you see it all throughout. They thought they had it. And how many today, you think you've got it? You think you can do it? I'm doing pretty good on my own. Until the next crisis lands in your lap and you run to God like a lucky charm. They're operating in their own strength. They ran. (laughs) They ran. Number five. Sin leads to death and defeat. Death and defeat. 
You can track it all throughout the Word of God. Sin leads to death and defeat. There's no doubt about it. And the men of Ai smote, verse 5, And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Shebarim and smote them in the going down. They chased them literally all the way back down. And they were running down that hill, running from the enemy, running from God, running from God. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. What a testimony of their being sin. What an example. And I don't mean a great one. I don't mean a great one. Thirty-six men went into battle. Do you understand that today? Thirty-six men went into battle and they had nothing to do with what took place. Thirty-six men rose up that morning to go into battle to fight for the Lord. To take the inheritance. Thirty-six men. And because of the sin of one man, one man, it cost them their life. It cost them their life. And I'll be honest with you, today we live our lives so lackadaisical, man. We, we just go through the motions and we act like it's okay. And a little bit of sin, what's that going to hurt? Hey, what if, uh, what if this comes across the TV or across that iPad or what I'm watching this or I'm listening to this music? I mean, we've been listening to it forever. Sure, this is good stuff. Or maybe it's a half-hearted heart. God, I don't really need to read my Bible every day. God, help us. You know, I missed a day of prayer, but I'm still doing okay. I'm not talking about a ritual. Do you understand that? I'm talking about a daily life separated and consecrated to God. Living for God. Living for God. How can we do it when there's sin in the camp? Sin affects more than just you. Do you realize today, some of you, some of you've got children and grandchildren that are literally want nothing to do with God because of your testimony. And let's flip that around. Some of you as children and grandchildren are dishonoring your parents and your grandparents in the sin that you continually choose over God. Well, that's real popular, isn't it? But you know, we can pretend and smile and, you know, it's easy to raise our hands and say, praise God, give a shout and a clap and all them things, but doesn't it hurt sometimes when God calls us just to get real and down to business? Sin in the camp leads to defeat. Who do these people belong to? I ask you, who do these people that are running, these people that lost 36 men, who do they belong to? This is not just another nation. This is not just another people. These are the people of God we're talking about. What do you mean, preacher? Against His name. 
The sin that was committed was against his name. It affected the whole nation. Do you realize today, and I don't care who you are, what your title is in this church, listen to me, if you bring sin into the camp, we will all pay the price for it. I don't care. Hey, Sister Judy plays the piano. Sister Judy, that goes for Sister Judy. James Allen's leading the music. Guess what? That goes for him. Sunday school teachers, that goes for you. This preacher that stands behind the pulpit, that goes for me. If I bring sin into the camp, we will all suffer. What am I saying? Should I remove my membership? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying God is calling us to get right with him. God is calling us to go to Him in repentance and thank God by the grace of God He forgives us because He loves us. Do you realize that? That's the message today. Man, God doesn't want to give up on His people. God doesn't want to give up on you. Why? Because He loves you. My goodness, when the rest of the world gives up on you, God doesn't. When really He should be the first because He knows all about you. You see, that was hidden sin. But really, was it that hidden? No, God knew about it. God knew all about that sin. And whatever sin we're dealing with today, guess what? The hidden ones, the known ones, God knows about it. Oh, He knows about it, folks. Sin will drive you to fear. You know what sin will also do? You'll be so messed up and confused that you can't figure out how to do anything. Oh, you'll be a mess. You'll be a wreck. Why? Because you can't get a word from God. Sunday school teachers, you know what I'm talking about. Huh? Preachers, you know what I'm talking about. Members, I would hope you know what I'm talking about. When we get out of the will of God and we get into sin, oh, how it breaks our fellowship. Death and defeat. Do you realize today sin is a High stakes. It's high stakes. And don't you know this? The devil knows that it is. Why? Because the devil knows. Hear me. The devil knows that God will judge sin. The devil knows that God will judge sin. And so what does he try to do? He tries to bind you to it. Oh, he tries to bind you to it. He wants to keep you there. Why? Because he knows you'll be judged. He knows you'll be ultimately punished for it and God doesn't want to punish you he loves you notice this notice the response of Joshua the response of Joshua this will help us we know they were defeated not only because of the sin but what the sin led to the absence of the presence of God and you can never win leaving God out You'll never win leaving God out. Stop trying to do it. You ain't got the power to do it. Notice Joshua's response. Number one, he's broken in despair. He's broken in despair. Notice verse 6. I mean, I mean, the people are melted. They became as water. What a mess it is. On top, shouting glory down over what took place at Jericho. And now running from the enemy. Verse 7, And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwell on the other side of Jordan. 
But what do we see? Number one, he's in despair. Thank God it mattered to him when he realized his condition. What am I telling? What am I saying today? Thank God if you realize your condition. That's what we all need to do. Examine our hearts and realize our condition. It is a mess. It is a mess. And he's broken. He takes it serious. He is sincere. I believe he's sincere with every fiber of his being. He's seeking God for the correction and for the answers. Hey, help us to seek God for the correction and the answers. You realize today, you don't need correction from the preacher. You don't need correction from a deacon or a Sunday school teacher. You need correction from God. From God. He goes to God. Notice number two, Joshua goes before the ark. What is the ark a representation of? The presence of God. The presence of God. No greater place to be in your life than in the presence of God. And listen to me, that's whether you're sin, you're not sinning, or you do have sin. The presence of God. But how many times in defeat we wouldn't do what Joshua did? Huh? We would run from God. I, I believe the Lord would have you here today. Stop running. Stop running. Do what Joshua did. Get in the presence. Go to the ark. Get in the presence of God. Ask Him for repentance. Ask Him for answers. A response. He goes before the ark. The presence of God. To overcome despair. You've got to go to God in your despair. You've got to. Third. Be careful here. Because Joshua blames God. You say, preacher, I don't see that. Well, read it. Just read it. Joshua said, alas, alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast that at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. I'm going to say this today. Be careful blaming God for your problems. Be careful blaming God when you're losing the battle and things don't go the way you think they ought to go. You are not God. Do you hear me today? You are not God. And God knows a lot more than you do. You hear me today? God knows a lot more than you do. God knows the whole circumstance and situation. What Joshua didn't see hidden that became sin in the camp, hidden in that tent, God knew it from the beginning. God knew it from the beginning. Be careful who you blame. And be careful blaming God. And let's be honest, we may not be as clean as we think we are. Lastly, this is where we got to find ourselves. It's one thing not to want to sin against your wife your husband, your children, future generations. But at the end of the day, being a child of God, you ought not want to sin against His name. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about those that are truly born again and belong to Christ. 
At the end of the day, count all of it, put it all aside. At the end of the day, at the very least, you ought not want to sin against God. Not if He's your King, not if He's your Savior, not if you call Him your Lord. Notice what Joshua says. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off, cut off our name from the earth. What will thou do unto thy great name? What is he saying? Lord, it's your name. It's a testimony of your people. And what should we say? God, help us. God, show it to us. I wonder how many times do we honestly ask God, show me my ways. Show me the sin in me. No, you know what? It's too easier sitting at the top of the steeple judging everybody else's lives. There it is. But isn't it hard to look at ourselves? Isn't it hard to look at ourselves? God help us. I'm going to say it again. God help us. God help us to examine ourselves. Joshua is concerned about God's name and God's honor. And how many times do we just sin and we act like it's no big deal? Do you realize God knows the places you go, the things that you do? I'm not trying to bring conviction upon you. I can't do any of that. I'm just asking you this. If we open up our hearts, God just might show us where we are with Him. Are you worried? Are you even concerned about the way you live and how it honors God? Genesis 39.9. Sister, if you would, if you'd come and play. It's really just time to do business with God. I want to just show you a couple of things. Genesis 39.9. Joseph in Potter's house says this, there is, there is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. Y'all remember the conflict that he had? And what does he say? How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know what we need to ask ourselves is? How can we sin against God? How can we sin against God when God has done everything for us? When the fact is, we ought to be burning in hell today. We ought to be deserving. At the end of our days, we honestly deserve hell. But because of God's great love for us, if you're saved, you're not going to hell. You're going to heaven. So why is it now that we're okay with a little sin here? And a little sin there. A little disobedience there. A little disobedience. Hey, nobody is seeing it and it's harmful, isn't it? 36 people died over silver and a garment. You think when God tells us what to do, it matters. You better believe it matters. It matters. This altar is open. I think people, hey, listen, I believe God's, you just come. Psalm 51, 4, David. We see what David said. <laughs> Boy, in his sin with Bathsheba. Psalm 51, 4, against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Who's he talking to? He's talking to God. 
And you say, did he sin against a lot of other people? Sure, he did. But you know what his heart was? He had sinned against his God. And today, listen to me, church, we will go no step further. We will get no step closer to God until we deal with the sin of our lives. And listen, we can put on the pretty face and we can put on all of these things and do all of these. Listen, y'all look wonderful today. You even smell good. It's not the outside cleaning you need. It's the inside. What I say to you, I say to me, because guess what? It applies to us all. What will we do? Will we continue in sin? Will we continue with a dirty, stained-up heart? When God wants to cleanse you, make you clean, and give you the inheritance, we cannot get an inheritance until we get right. The greatest, the greatest stumbling block in that battle, it wasn't those out of the army. Out of the army, it wasn't nothing. You see, if God would have told Joshua to send five people, it would have been enough. Problem is, God didn't tell them. Because God's presence wasn't there. Boy, how we need God's power and presence. In our lives. Heads bowed and eyes closed. This is the time to move. I don't know what God's doing with you. Don't know how God's dealing with your heart. Really don't matter. It's between you and God. But I believe God is calling us out to get right with Him. Boy, we can leave the same way we walked in. And guess what? We leave the same way we walked in. We checked. Well, we checked the box. We made it to church on Sunday morning. Oh, but I believe God wants a lot more for us. A lot more for us. God, you know our hearts today, God. God, you know every, God, every detail of our heart, everything we're facing. And God, I pray today, God, with some courage, we'd come. God, we'd seek your face. And God, we'd be right before you. God, knowing you're here. Knowing you're here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.